I am Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 195 and we're talking about the Bay of Islands in Northland in, guess it, New Zealand. Yeah, this week we are talking about our home country of New Zealand and we're focusing on one of one of our favourite parts of the country, Northland. And we're going to focus in even closer and look especially at the Bay of Islands, but we'll probably talk about some of the stuff around it because it's all interwoven and, and interconnected. Yep, that's right. Well, we've been on the road this weekend. Uh, we went down to Papamoa, which is near Tauranga on the east coast of the North Island of New Zealand. And uh, yeah, we were visiting friends, picking up some stories, doing some stuff. It was really cool. The drive down there is really, really nice. I always like it. Although we did it a few weeks ago and we left a bit late. I think we left about, what, 3.30? We mm. caught in traffic. Yeah. But um, since we've been able to leave at about half past 12, one o'clock, it's really nice. And we go through a, a pleasant gorge called the Kraki Gorge. And um, we managed to get lost again. I don't think we've managed to do this drive yet. In the last four months that we've been doing it, I don't think we've quite managed to do it without getting lost. Uh, not so much getting lost, so much as taking alternative routes. We had to do a U-turn. We did this time, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're still about two and a half months away for, from our departure to South America, where uh, we probably won't have access to a car and won't be able to get so lost. No, the buses do just tend to go where they say they're going to go. Yeah, more or less. Although waking up in time to get off the bus at that point. <laughs> That's the trick. That's the trick. And we've got some ideas in mind. We've got some really rough plans, but I don't think we're going to be doing much more planning from now on. We've got kind no. of an idea. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll just turn up and, and start moving and see what happens. Yeah, it should be really good. So don't forget that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. Visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights slash hostels and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. We also have travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. Yeah, and you can also visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online or get a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash audiobook or slash Audible. Free inventive. Well, let's get on to talking about the Bay of Islands, which, as we said, is one of our favourite parts of New Zealand. So New Zealand is made up of two main islands, the North Island and the South Island. And some people think the North Island looks kind of like a fish. I don't see it myself. But um, anyway, the top part of it is long and skinny. And about maybe a third of the way down is Auckland. And it kind of straddles the peninsula. You've got uh, beaches on one side and beaches on the other side. And if you head north from Auckland, all the rest of the country is Northland. So that's one of the regions of, of New Zealand. Um, and on the east coast of this kind of long skinny bit is the Bay of Islands. And it's called the Bay of Islands for rather obvious reasons. There are lots of islands in the bay. Yep. That's, oh, yeah. That's why it is. Yep. We're really inventive with our names here. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's just this beautiful area. You, you drive in and, you know, we've taken people from out of the country up there and they always kind of get this glazed look on their face and their jaws drop and they're like this is so beautiful so we like it too yeah i mean there are several small towns dotted around the area that's the bay of islands uh one of them out on kind of the east arm of the bay is russell and then on the the inland uh side you've got towns like pai here and kerry kerry a bit further north uh, you've got Waitangi, which is a historic site. Mm -hmm. So there's there's lots of different places, I guess, to, to stay and, and to be around there, yeah. as well as lots of smaller communities that are a little bit less easy to access unless you've got your own vehicle. Mm -hmm. 
Waitangi, Paihia and Russell are all really, really close. They're all within sight of each other. Kirikiri is a bit further off, but they're kind of the, the four main areas that you probably hear talked about. Mm. And there's heaps to do. I mean, most people base themselves in either Paihia or Russell. Um, Russell's kind of off on its own because you have to catch a ferry to get there or drive a really, really, really long way around to get to it. But uh, it's a really nice town. I really like it. It is. I guess uh, if you're thinking about staying somewhere, Russell's a little bit quieter. I mean, it's still got its fair share of restaurants and and pubs and things to do, um, but there are less accommodation options. There's Mm -hmm. hotels, B&Bs, a couple of campgrounds. um, Yeah, there's plenty of options. Um, But there's a lot less than on the other side. Yeah, Paihia's kind of the tourist central, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so, because all of the buses come up through Paihia. Yeah. And if you're then to go on to Russell, you'd uh, you'd have to jump on the ferry. It's only a couple of minutes, but it's still that extra little bit. So Paihia really is accommodation central. And then um, that kind of lifts up the prices, I guess. I mean, there's so many hotels and there's half a dozen hostels in this little town. Um, There's campgrounds and things like that right next to the beach, like cross the road, you're at the beach. But I just recommend having a look online and seeing which one you like better because if you prefer to be in Russell, then, you know, there's options over there as well. Mm. It's so easy to get to. If you catch the the bus to Paihia, it's no hassle at all getting across to Russell, except maybe if it's late at night, then you might have a bit of trouble. Indeed. Now, if you're uh, wanting to save a couple of dollars and you don't mind being five to ten minutes away from the beach, this is five to ten minutes drive, then um, heading up the road towards Ruru Falls, you've got lots of uh, campsites, more budget motels, yeah, uh, a few kind of nice apartments and things like that, and then private holiday homes known as batches, which mm. you can often rent out for a few days or a few weeks. Yeah, which is exactly what we did a couple of weeks ago when we went up um, to Ruru Falls with our friend Julie, who was going skydiving. It was brilliant. She she rented out a batch, and um, I think we fit 15 people in it. Mm. There were something like eight rooms, and one of them was kind of a shared room, and it was it was really nice. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. That's, uh, that's B-A-C-H as a batch. It's a, yeah. a holiday home. Short for bachelor, because it used to be a place where single men lived. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Apparently. I don't know if that's actually true. It's one of the stories around the nomenclature of, uh, of Batch. Of Batch, yeah. Well, that's another uh, accommodation option when you're here in New Zealand. So that's your three places to stay around the Bay of Islands. It's easy to access, and there's lots of options. Russell Pie here, and uh, that road out to Haruru Falls and Haruru Falls itself. Yeah. But what do you do when you get there? I mean, there's... I, it really is a summer destination, isn't it? It really is. I mean, we were up there a couple of weeks ago and we went on a really nice cruise and it was brilliant. We saw dolphins, but I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I'd been able to sit out on the deck and just bask in the sunshine. Mm. Instead, I was kind of inside with my book. Yeah. So. And, uh, yeah, a wonderful cheese plate. Yes, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, although we were, we were sitting outside on the deck then, kind of shivering yeah. <laughs> while eating our cheese, but it was very pleasant. Yeah. The uh, the Irish couple we were sitting with didn't think it was cold at all. No, they, they didn't. Were quite it was happy. quite funny. We were kind of all wrapped up in our scarves and hats, and they're like, "Oh, it's a nice day, isn't it?" Like, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the uh, the Ipipiri. The uh, it's an overnight cruise going out of Pai here, and uh, yeah, you spend some time on some of the islands, and if the weather's nice, go snorkeling or go kayaking off the back of the boat. Yeah. And um, yeah, we saw some huge pods of dolphins. Yeah, it was amazing. I've never seen so many. Well, the time we went in Kangaroo Island, we, we had a whole 
bunch, but these were really cool. And they were doing all sorts of things, and yep. they were jumping and chasing fish. It looked like so much yeah, fun. I always I, feel jealous. I reckon there were about, like, 18 mm-hmm. of them, bottlenose dolphins, so some of them quite quite large, maybe yeah. about uh, two metres long. And some of them were quite more. tiny. They were babies. Yeah. It was, yeah, really, really cool pods. So yeah. um, there's lots of different dolphin boats that run out of pie here. And, um, yeah, you just kind of rock up. But it's pretty pricey. It's mm-hmm. um, You're looking at kind of 120 bucks plus for a half-day uh, yeah. dolphin spotting experience. The epivory is 300 right? So, I mean, I think if you're if you wanted to splash out a little bit, that's not actually splashing out that much. Because no. if you're looking for a nice motel room, that's going to be at least 100 bucks. Yeah. So for two people, $600... You get a, a really nice room in the boat to sleep overnight. It's an overnight experience. You go out midday and you come back about midday the next day. And you get um, your dinner included and your breakfast as well. So yeah, it's yeah, not a bad deal, really. A really cool trip. Yeah. Could have just done with the water being uh, being a bit warmer. But the Do it Bay in of summer. Islands, Do it in yeah, summer. It was brilliant. It would be totally worth it. <laughs> uh, and thinking about summer, I mean, you can do all your normal beach sport things like um, you know, higher paddle boards, jet skis, mm-hmm. wave boards, uh, kite surfing and windsurfing all happens in various parts around the Bay of Islands. Depends on where the wind's at and everything like that, of course. Yeah. Uh, lots of great diving. Just an hour or so south on the Tutukaka coast, you've got the Poor Knights Marine Reserve, which is amazing. Um, and then just minutes away from Pai here itself, you've got the HMS Canterbury, which is a great marine dive, mm-hmm. um, and the Wreck of the Rainbow Warrior as well, mm. which is really important in New Zealand history, I think. Yeah, um, it was a, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a Greenpeace ship that was um, going up to Bikini Atoll to protest the uh, French nuclear testing, and it was bombed by a couple of uh, French terrorists who, yeah. who sunk it, so... And it's, one person died, which is really sad. Yeah. I think it was the cameraman. He went back to get his camera and he, he ended up dying. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a story I've read. It's really sad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, really important part of New Zealand history and now an amazing marine dive. Um, yeah, so you'll notice that a lot of the things that you can do in the Bay of Islands kind of centre around the water. Yeah, Which absolutely. is understandable. So it, it is a good idea to choose summer or even kind of early spring or late autumn as a, as a good time to go. So, yeah. you know, maybe between... November and April, say November Mm. and April. So you've still got a good five or six months to choose from because Mm. it's warmer up there than it is in the rest of the country because it's further north. And um, they call it the winterless north. We... We were there in the middle of a tropical storm, yeah. so it really They were kind of apologising. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, you know. Sorry. <laughs> when PR goes bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Yeah. So if it is a rainy day, um, there are little boutique shops in, in Russell and Pai here. Fudge. And I beg your pardon? Fudge. What? There's a really nice fudge shop. Ah, full sentences. Nice. <laughs> there it is. There's a really nice, um, like, handmade fudge shop just on Paihe's Main Street opposite the the ferry building and the bus stop. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, yeah, little souvenir and handmade jewellery shops and things like that around the place. Yeah. Yeah, so a bit of shopping. Or you could head to the Kawati Glowworm Caves, which is one of our favourite attractions in all of New Zealand. It's a glowworm cave, obviously. It's a limestone and sandstone cave that was formed over, you know, millions of years. And um, lots of glowworms live there, which is a kind of uh, fly larvae. And they they, um, emit a glow, which is basically their poo glowing, we've learned. And that attracts 
mosquitoes and other bugs, which then get caught up by their evil nets, and then these um, glowworms eat the bugs because that's their food. And that's the reason that they have the light, is to attract their food. But um, this attraction is owned and managed by a, a Maori family who've who kind of built up the infrastructure for it 40 or 50 years ago. And now they run it. It's really good. Um, so the infrastructure was built by, I think, a group of four brothers. And now the tour guide's one of the one of the nieces. And it's just really cool. You rock on up and um, there'll be a, a tour going in the next 10 minutes or so. You just have to wait a few minutes while they, you know, more people arrive or they just see if anyone else is going to come. Pay you 15 bucks. 15 bucks is so cheap. And then you get a personalized tour through the, through the caves. And yeah. even if it's just you, you get taken through. Yeah, that's And if right. there's 15 people, you'll get taken through. Now, the famous glowworm caves in New Zealand are in the central North Island in Waitomo. Uh, and they are a lot bigger, and there's a lot more tourism infrastructure around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that means, I think, just to go in for about 20 minutes, 30-minute walk through one of them is $85. Yeah, we went down and there, and we were so, looking at the options, and it was 80 bucks minimum 80 bucks to go in there. Yeah. It's just like, I don't think I want to. So to get a really very much a similar experience in a, a shorter time um, yeah. is for 15 bucks and, and going to a, a local family mm-hmm. that's that's running, it's pretty cool. I mean, why don't it? Because it does have other things, like it has abseiling and blackwater rafting and all that kind of stuff. But I really like the Kawati Caves because you get to see the glowworms, which is why everyone wants to go to Waitomo anyway. And yeah, you're supporting a local economy. Now the reason it's great to go there in the uh, in the rain is that the glowworms glow more in the rain because yeah. uh, mosquitoes and flies come in. So it's actually the perfect rainy day activity, mm-hmm. with the exception of the kind of fifteen to twenty minute bushwalk to get back to the car park, yes. <laughs> where you that might get a bit soaked. Now the other thing to do on a rainy day um, is to explore the historic places around Northland. Now, without doing a massive history lesson, um, this area up here around the Bay of Islands is the area where the first Polynesians came into New Zealand, and it's also the area where um, it was kind of the power base for the first Europeans that came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all. European sealers and whalers moved into the area and started interacting with the local Maori and then that's where the first New Zealand government was set up in Mm. Russell. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the first Europeans came to New Zealand in about the 1790s and over the next I don't know, 20 to 50 years, more and more people started coming into New Zealand uh, from Europe and in 1840, by 1840 there were a lot of Europeans living there and so they decided to uh, have a treaty between the Europeans and the Maoris to kind of formalise things. And, well, that's a whole other story because that's yeah, you know, something that you can study at school and university for years and years and years. The Treaty of Waitangi, our foundation document, uh, still a, a cause for discussion, if you want to put it nicely. Um, but, yeah, the Treaty of Waitangi, which is our foundation document, was signed in Waitangi, which is one of the places in the Bay of Islands that you can visit. So I would highly recommend that you go there. However, that's probably not the best rainy day activity. I'd, I'd leave that for a nice day because a lot of the attractions at Waitangi are outside. So there's a really, really good movie that can kind of give you a, an overview of what happened at Waitangi. There's um, a Farinui, a kind of a Maori meeting house, um, which was built on the site. It was purpose-built on the site to kind of represent all of the Maori tribes of the North Island. And there's also the Treaty House, where the treaty, well, outside the house, the treaty was signed. 
and um, yeah, flagpole, and it's, it's like a really nice place to visit and explore. Mm, that's right. Uh, over on Russell, you've got well, lots and lots of uh, historic places. Mm-hmm. A lot of the very early town was set fire to during Honey uh, Hickey's War. Yeah, and uh, well, more by the British Armada and the Harbour firing at the town probably yeah, did more of the damage. Probably. But um, but there's still a, there's a there's, church that's got bullet holes in it, and you can still see the holes from you know, a hundred. 150 years ago. Yeah. Now, British and European listeners are going, huh, that's not history. It's history, it's history. <laughs> Bearing in mind that Europe, like, even the Maoris only arrived 900, 800 years ago. And the Europeans arrived, well, 1790. It's, you know, yeah. New 220 years. It's <laughs> a very young, young country. Yeah. So over there, there's also um, the Pompelia House, which that's is really run by the New Zealand Historic Places Trust. And uh, that was the uh, a Catholic mission that was mm-hmm. set up there. There's a, a old printing press, book bindery, tannery, uh, tannery, that things like really that. <laughs> um, so you've got there. Then heading west, you've got Waitangi, of course, mm-hmm. and then up in Kerikeri, you've got the oldest stone building in New Zealand and the oldest building in Australia or New Zealand. In fact, yeah, the the oldest in Australasia. What is it, 1820? I believe so. It's, yeah, uh, man. It's called... 1820. <laughs> awesome. Now, that's go. history. Yeah. What's yeah. that, 190 years? I know. I 191 know. years. Awesome. We've got history. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kemp House there up in uh, up in Kerry, Kerry, and right next to it, the Stone Store, which uh, is a, a big three-story building. Sells really good sweets. I can't believe you didn't buy any. I didn't. I didn't. What were you thinking? I was, um, gosh, it was the end of the day. I was doing the Historic Places Trust has a uh, a mission passport, I think they call it. <laughs> and uh, it includes Pompelia House in Russell, uh, the Stone Store in Kemp House in Kerry Kerry, and takes you across the old trade route across the island. So you go to uh, Te Waimati Mission Station, which was the first... English-style farm mm. in uh, in the Pacific, and that was set up as a mission to kind of educate the uh, the local savages <laughs> in the the hopes that British farming would somehow, you know, change the world, as as things were thought of in those days. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually got all of Linda's family heirlooms and family furniture in it. All of the the King family. Uh, bedding and early cabinets and boxes and boxes of furniture that came out from New Zealand. I really, out from New Zealand? Ah, sorry, came out from Britain. Yeah, yeah, my family arrived here in the 1860s, so uh, yeah, we're kind of well established. And then uh, further out from there, even further out west, the uh, Mangungu, I think it's called, Mission House. And then right out in uh, Rawani on the other harbour, Right across in the west is uh, Clendon House. And oh, that's, yeah, you'll tell you about that. that that's where really I started for the day. Yeah, um, uh, Lindsay, the guy who curates it, is one heck of a storyteller. So if you do visit Clendon House, make sure uh, Lindsay's there to tell you some stories because mm-hmm. uh, that, was, that was really the highlight and the reason that I didn't just drive further north and decided to take this uh, this passport and, mm-hmm. and kind of journey across the island. So lots of historical stuff to do in Northland. I really would be remiss if, at this point if I didn't mention the uh, the Matakoi Kauri Museum, which is 
on the west coast, well, not the coast, but on the west, State Highway 12, further south, um, the most complete colouring museum and museum about early uh, woodworkers and gum diggers that came out to New Zealand. That was kind of the equivalent of a a gold rush. Mm -hmm. Um, We did have a gold rush, but not up there. Yeah, I mean, before artificial varnishes were created... Uh, this cowrie gum was used as jewellery and also added to things like paints and made into uh, linoleum and things like that. So mm-hmm. it was a really one of the big economic drives of early New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, really fascinating learning about how, how rucket it was yeah. back in that time. I wouldn't have liked to have lived in. <laughs> Quite happy well, to be in my comfortable life now. <laughs> yeah. So on a rainy day, uh, exploring the historic sites, which are... I guess the European ones are mainly indoors. The Maori yeah. ones are mainly outdoors mm-hmm. um, because... They didn't have permanent dwellings. There there were, yeah. I mean, it was all wood and it all yeah. disintegrated. So you go to a historic par site and you're kind of looking at a big field. Yeah. But there is a, a big movement which needs more funding to kind of rejuvenate and, and rebuild a lot of these places. So. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, so that's good. But yeah, historic places on a rainy day. That's mm-hmm. the that's the way forward, I think, for the Bay of Islands. But you still haven't explained why you didn't buy me any sweets. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> so the only thing I think we've still got to cover is talking about transport, how to get there and uh, how to get around. Well, as always in New Zealand, the best option is to have a car. Depending on how long you're going to be in New Zealand, you can buy a car when you arrive in Auckland. Or you can hire one. Uh, we, of course, always recommend spaceships. That's how we did it this time. We uh, drove, a, well, Craig drove from the spaceship and I met him on the bus. So, um, you know, a spaceship is a converted people mover type car. It's got a bed in the back. It's got a, a DVD player and a fridge and everything you need. So you can sleep in it and also drives like a car. So that's a good option. Yeah. If you're uh, looking at the hop-on, hop-off buses like Stray and uh, Magic Bus and those kind of things... They all stop in Paihia, so if you've got a North Island Pass, uh, you'll be able to get off in Paihia and spend some time exploring the region. Yeah, that's right. Or you could catch the Intercity Northliner, which is what I did, because uh, Craig was going up a day or so earlier than I was, because I had to stay and work, yay. And uh, yeah, so we, we decided that I'd go up on the, on the bus, and it was really nice and comfortable, quite easy and comfortable, so that was a good one. And um, I think I arrived at what, about nine o'clock? Yeah, how long did it take? About three and a bit hours. Three and a bit hours. Yeah, three yep. and a half hours, something like that. Yeah, yep. and um, yeah, going by car and, and driving straight up, you're maybe only shaving about forty five minutes yeah. off that time, depending on the traffic conditions. No, it must have been over four hours because I left at four thirty, but uh, it wouldn't have been okay. too much more than that. But it wasn't. It was comfortable. We didn't have that many stops, and um, yeah, it was no problem. It was quite nice not driving actually. Just someone else do the work. <laughs> Absolutely. I can imagine that. I was uh, driving up there in a storm, so I was just <laughs> fighting to keep the uh, the car on the road, really. Yeah, sure. Well, if you visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Oceania and then click on New Zealand, there's links to uh, look into accommodation and flights and also these transport options we've been talking about, spaceships, stray, and the intercity buses. Yeah, there's one other option. If you go on to Gumtree.co.nz, sometimes there's like a... A transport share and since a lot of people go up to the Bay of Islands you might be able to find a find a ride 
Kind of like hitchhiking, but you organise it beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you won't be able to find any vehicle relocations up to the Bay of Islands. No, no, no. Um, and there is a small airport, so you can fly up from Auckland. Yeah, it's about 120 but, bucks. Um, it's not too bad, actually. No, it's it's pretty similar to the price of a tank of petrol. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the only problem is the airport is rather small and rather out of the way, so mm. you want to arrange a, a transfer to your accommodation before That's you right. jump on the plane. Yeah. Well, we've had a few more people join the Indie Travel Podcast community this week at indietravelpodcast.com slash community. We're nice and inventive with these names, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, they're good. nice and easy to remember. <laughs> uh, we've uh, been talking a little bit about URL travel. If you've got any questions about it, then let us know. And if you find the forum post there, there's a uh, $50 off discount running right now for uh, our American listeners. Wow. So, um, yeah, go and have a look at that URL travel post because... Uh, that's 50 bucks deal. off is like 5% on most of the passes. So. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, we're also talking about travel medicine in the cafe. So if you have anything to say about what medicine you take while you're traveling or, you know, which one's the best for certain situations, come and add your views. Mm. Uh, some questions about teaching English as a foreign language, what kind of certification and things like that uh, one would need. And we're also talking about travel journals. Yeah, it's, it can be really difficult to try and keep a keep a journal or keep a diary of what on earth you've been doing. So yeah, yeah some good ideas in that post. Yep, and if you have anything to add, come in to indietravelpodcast.com slash community, make an account or sign in with your existing account, which I'm sure you already have, and uh, add your views. Remember, you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. Visit indietravelpodcast.com slash flights slash hostels and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. There's also great deals updating every day at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. Type in IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online. We'll get great trial bonuses from our partners. You can download a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash audiobook. And you can get a two-week $1 trial of the Travel Hacking Cartel at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Travel Hacking. And if you want to help us out without spending any money, then uh, help get the word out about the Indie Travel Podcast. You can tell your friends about us, invite them to our Facebook page at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Facebook or Facebook.com slash IndieTravel. And uh, if you haven't yet, please leave a five-star review for us in iTunes or in whatever podcast directory you, uh, you found us in. Yeah, we'd really like it. Well, I think that's pretty much us for this week. So until next week, travel well.